Welcome to the New York Mystery Machine. Time to haul. What? Four ghosts. That was very mellow. What you know, a... just feeling a little more <laughs> mellow today. A little mellow today. Um, well, welcome back. Um, it is December. It's just yeah. It's it is. We got there. I we got to December. Am not folks. ready for it to be December. It never. Yeah, I mean. And I'm looking at my calendar, and I'm upset because I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do all the Christmas things I want to do, and, and yet. Christmas is like tomorrow. And like real talk, like we actually, sometimes we'll record like a few in advance, but mm. this is, we're recording this like, the, we release on Monday and we're recording this like the Wednesday before. This so is, December 1st. Yeah. So this is really like, sometimes we'll have to like pretend like, oh, well, what a fun day this is in November. <laughs> but today is like, no, we, it is, it's December 1st here in the great city of New York and um, mm. we need to choose a... Uh, uh, a listener <gasps> a month. It's that time. It's December first, so I guess we have to. So we'll go to the. We'll go to the. And yeah, we. I heard word from the sticker maker, and the stickers will be here soon. Amazing. Those are officially. There was a whole to do, folks. A whole to do. I sorted it out over Thanksgiving break. It'll be here. So for the many people we owe stickers to, which is our patrons. Yes. Who we owe our stickers to. And if you'd like to be a patron, do you know what to do? You know what to do. You head on over to patreon.com slash Machine and join today for as little as $3 a month. You got to get with it. There's a lot of cool stuff coming out in the next in the new year. We got some mini episodes. I have a list of mini episodes I want to mm-hmm, make, mm-hmm, but I can't mm-hmm. make them if I got no ones to give them to. So head on over and um, sign up for our Patreon. Uh, Giving Tuesdays was yesterday, but you know you can give any day, any day of the week. It's true. We uh, we we do not limit ourselves to. So uh, uh, so thank you to our patrons, Jordan and Rebecca. Uh, and Rebecca. Um, so we appreciate it, and uh, we also owe stickers to our our past listeners of the month, um, Carrie from Ain't It Scary with Sean Carrie, who was our first listener of the month. Yep. Sam McKelvey. Yep. Who was last year, last week's, last <laughs> month. Those are all the increments of time. <laughs> who's last month's um, listener of the month? And who's it going to be this month, Adam? And let's, uh, let's 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 find out. Go. Ready for it? Wait, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. I won't spin yet. Okay. So this month comes to us from Lemon Diva nine eight nine, hmm. the diva of the lemons. Lemon Diva writes, "Such a fun podcast with two engaging hosts. Adam and Christina seem to put a ton of time into their research to fully explore all angles of the mysteries they report on. I love learning about different regions of my home state and always get excited when I'm actually familiar with the location. Would recommend to anyone, especially if you love stories about true crime, cryptids, UFOs, unsolved mysteries, and New York." So if you are Lemon Diva and you're listening to the show, make sure to reach out to us uh, on any of our socials. And a big thank you. Uh, a big thank you. Reach out on uh, at NY Mystery Machine on Instagram or Facebook. You can send us a DM. Instagram is probably the best way to get in touch with us. Yeah. Just DM us on the Instagram and uh, we will put you on the list of stickers and we will get your address and we will send you a sticker. And uh, if you'd like to to be in the runnings for Listener of the Month, you head on over to uh, the iTunes mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts and just leave us a Five star review um, and tell us what you like and we will put you on that list. Yes, we well, that was exciting. That was very exciting. I love when we get to pull out the, what are those things actually called? They're not ticker tape machines and I know that. I don't know. We're going to look this up. Next time I'm going to call by its proper name. Sure. Um, well, next week, Christina. Yes. Um, or this week, rather. You mean, this week, Christina. You mean today coming to you live on December the... <laughs> What? Well, today is December 6th, if you are listening to it when we come out no, live. Oh, you're right. It is. But on December 8th, we celebrate an anniversary. 
and that anniversary is of the death of John Lennon of the Beatles. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. My yes, my uh, my parents, though they did not know each other at the time, were both at the vigil, hold outside. Oh my god. Yeah. Then they realized some years later when they met that they were both there. Well then, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk of the Beatles lately. Um, there's currently an amazing documentary out on Disney Plus called Get Back. I can't read. Um, I'm in the, I'm still in the middle of it, and it still just makes me feel all the feelings. I can't, so, I can't read. It's pretty good. Um, but again, I wanted to chat about the uh, death of John Lennon because yeah. um, there's a lot to, to go with that. Now, many know John Lennon of the Beatles. His story has been told countless times, of course. Um, everyone's heard a Beatles song. Uh, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, how? what does John Lennon have to do with New York? Right. right. Well, a few things. He has a, a few things to do with New York. Okay. First off, it was New York where Lennon and the rest of the Fab Four made their American debuts right. on the Ed Sullivan Show. Mm-hmm. It was New York where they played the historic concert at Chase Stadium, mm-hmm. a concert my mom had a ticket for, but she was too sick to go, and my grandmother wouldn't let her go. Oh, oh that hurts. And it was, uh, but larger than that, it was New York next to Liverpool as the main place where John called home. John eventually moved to New York and called it his his home. Um, he would say that he loved the uh, the environment of New York City, how he can just exist in New York. People wouldn't mob him or swarm him uh, when he would walk in Central Park with Yoko mm-hmm. and his, and their kids. Because um, New York has got to play it cool. Yeah, when they would walk with Yoko and Sean, people would come up like, hey, John, we love your music. Hey, John, this, that. But it wouldn't be too much. People would just be like chill, and he appreciated mm-hmm. that environment. And so he really made New York his home. He also loved the the music of New York and the art and the political movements in New York. And so it took me a while to figure out how I want to structure this episode because um, there's a lot of factors that kind of go into it. And I didn't want to be like, well, this is all about John Lennon from Beatles from Quarrymen right. to Beatles now. <laughs> um, so I really wanted to really focus on his time in New York mm-hmm. and obviously the, the 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 root of this whole thing, the episode's title, The Death of John Lennon. Right. Um, and so there we know the hard facts about John's death, but there's a lot that's been theorized over the years in terms of the reason for his murder. Hmm. Uh, and while we know the Beatles icon was murdered by Mark David Chapman on December 8th, 1980, there are many conspiracy theorists who have come to believe that there are other parties involved with that murder. Really? So today, I'm going to give you a peek into Lennon's life. I'm going to focus on his final eight years, um, who Mark David Chapman was, mm-hmm. and why we believe he murdered Lennon, as well as many of the conspiracies that have been linked to his murder, uh, and a lot of them stemming from John's political activism, mm-hmm. which took mm-hmm. a new life uh, post his Beatles career. As I said, there's an amazing documentary out on Disney Plus I strongly recommend to folks. It's called Get Back, and it chronicles the Beatles as they create the Let It Be album. Um, it takes place in January 1969. Uh, the, this session over the course of this month that they record was so rough to watch. On a, I'm on episode two of the documentary, and it doesn't get any easier. Mm. Uh, it must have been really hard to exist in this yeah. moment. Um, Let It Be would be officially the Beatles' last album released. It wasn't their last album recorded, though. The last album to be recorded would be the Abbey Road album on August 20th, 
uh, the Beatles would finish their final sequencing on the album, and it would mark the last time that all four Beatles were present in a studio together. Mm. It's August 20th, 1969. On, on September 20th, while George Harrison was not present, John Lennon told Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and the business manager, Alan Klein, that John was leaving the group, or as he put it in his own words, he wanted a divorce. <sighs> From there, John refocused all of his music to be more political leaning. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was something that caught the attention of the United States government. And as always, somehow, some way, in our conspiracy theory episodes, the United States government mm. likes to take a nice little, mm. hello, mm. we're here. Hello. Lennon re released the singles Give Peace a Chance, which was widely adopted as an anti-Vietnam War anthem. Cold Turkey, which documented his withdrawal symptoms as he became addicted to heroin mm. and instant karma. In January 1971, Tariq Ali expressed his revolutionary political views when he interviewed Lennon, who immediately responded by writing the song Power to the People. Mm. Lennon and Ono officially moved to New York City and took up residence at the world-famous Dakota Building uh, on 72nd Central Park West. Uh, in August of 1971 and immediately embraced United States radical left policies. The couple released their Happy Christmas Wars over single in December of that year. Now at this time, uh, a political activist named John Sinclair, who was a poet, was serving 10 years in prison for selling two joints of marijuana after previous convictions for possessing the drug. Mm. In December of 1971, at Ann Arbor, Michigan, now this is uh, a year later, um, there was a protest, a rally, if you will, of 15,000 people uh, for John Sinclair Freedom. It's called the John Sinclair Freedom Rally, a protest benefit concert, and it included contributions from Lennon, C.V. Wonder, Bob Seger, Bobby Seale, and the Black Panther Party, and others. Mm -hmm. Lennon and Ono, backed by David Peel and Jerry Rubin, performed an acoustic set of four songs from their forthcoming Sometime in New York City album, including the song, Jonathan and Claire, which called for John's release. Mm. The day before the rally, Michigan Senate passed a bill that significantly reduced the penalties for possession of marijuana, and just four days later, Sinclair was released on appeal bond, which kind of gives you a sense of the power that Lennon right. wielded. Pretty, pretty huge. Um, which, for people who are interested in in political activism and interested in radical leftist policies during a time where there is a Republican in office mm -hmm. does at times move the spotlight over. During the new year, the Nixon administration took what it called a, quote, strategic countermeasure against Lenin's anti-war and anti-Nixon propaganda. The administration embarked on what would be a four-year attempt to deport him. The first of these attempts happened after the Nixon administration heard rumors of Lenin's involvement in a concert to be held in San Diego at the same time as the Republican National Convention. Nixon believed that Lenin's anti-war activities could cost him re-election. Republican Senator Storm Thurmond suggested in a February 1972 memo that, quote, deportation would be a strategic countermeasure against Lenin. Goodness. The next month, the United States Immigration and Naturalization Service, the INS, began deportation proceedings, arguing that his 1968 misdemeanor conviction for cannabis possession in London had made him ineligible for admission to the United States. 
Lennon spent the next three and a half years in and out of deportation hearings until October 8, 1975, when a court appeals barred the deportation attempt, stating that the courts will not condone selective deportation based upon secret political grounds. Mm. While the legal battle continued, Lennon attended rallies and made television appearances. Uh, including uh, him and Ono co-hosting the Mike Douglas show for a week in 1972, where he would uh, introduce guests such as Jerry Rubin and Bobby Seale to Mid-America. So this is pretty substantial. And yeah. There's been a lot of writings over the years about how the government was really zoning in on John Lennon. Yeah, this is some Beatles history I didn't know. Yeah. Well, you know, it comes down to, at the same time, too, uh, in early in the early seventies, probably in about six nine seventy, John would return his uh, his 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 royal medal, his MB mm. MBE. So he he him and the Beatles, they received these this MBE mm. from Her Majesty, mm-hmm. and John returns his. I think they all returned theirs or got him. Back. I don't know what the situation was, but John returned his and never wanted it back. So he's he's rife in the middle of of just policy and political activeness and activity and um yeah his time in new york is really him being at rallies being all over the place really really shouting power to the people right um that whole power to the people was a really ingrained uh piece of black panther party Mm -hmm. rhetoric that was their whole thing power Mm -hmm. to the people all the people john lennon then writes a song called power to the people Mm -hmm. so like he becomes very much on their radar he is very much someone who they're they're focusing on and the nixon administration tries to act swiftly they they know they want to win this re-election campaign and they think that a world without john lennon in it would be a better world something that theorists have held on to. i was gonna say that sounds foreshadowing and yeah ominous. we'll get there um many people were advocating for lennon at the time so in 1972, Bob Dylan wrote a letter to the INS defending Lenin. Ooh, I want to hear that. I have it. Can you can you read it like Bob Dylan? Sure. Because I don't know if the world knows this, but I, I can't do Bob Dylan's voice. John and Yoko add a great voice and drive to the country's so-called art institution. They inspire and transcend and stimulate and by doing so only help others to see pure light. And in doing that, put an end to this dull taste of petty commercialism which is being passed off as artist art by the overpowering mass media. Hooray for John Yoko. Let them stay and live here and breathe. The country's got plenty of room and space. Let John and Yoko stay. How does it feel? (laughs) That was beautiful, Adam. Like a rolling stone. (laughs) Um, So they have people, heavy hitters, advocating for them. Um, And so on on March 23rd, 1973, though, Lennon's ordered to leave the United States within 60 days. Ono, however, was granted permanent residence. Interesting. Yeah. In response, Lennon and Ono held a press conference in April 1st, 1973 at the New York City Bar Association, where they announced the formation of the state of Newtopia, a place with no land, no boundaries, no passports, only people. Waving the white flag of Newtopia, which was two handkerchiefs, they asked for political asylum in the U.S. The press conference was filmed and appeared in the 2006 documentary, The U.S. vs. John Lennon fascinating documentary that really focuses so much on United States government oh, and and their focus on Lenin. Highly recommend. A lot of this episode towards our back end, this could be a lot of like tinfoil hats conspiracy stuff. Love it. That dips its toe into some conspiracy stuff. 
Soon after the press conference, Nixon's involvement in a political scandal became came to light. Um, they were called the the Watergate scandal. Oh, 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 that little thing. And because of the Watergate scandal, he stopped focusing on Lenin. And because of the Watergate scandal, he would resign 14 months later. Gerald Ford would take up the presidency as Nixon's vice president turned president. Mm. And um, folks asked him to intercede in the matter. And Ford's administration showed little interest in continuing a battle against John. Uh, so basically, the deportation order was overturned in '75. So, thank God for Nixon being an idiot <laughs> and like being a scoundrel yeah. who like done some dumb dumb stuff because because yeah. he did some dumb stuff. Other dumb stuff like deporting a guy for for right. no reason right. was able to be overturned. Um, the following year, Lennon received his green card, certifying his permanent residency. And when Jimmy Carter was inaugurated as president in 77, Lennon Ono attended the inaugural ball. Oh, that's a reversal of fortune right there. So many believe the story of Lennon's issue with the U.S. government will end here. Mm-hmm. More on that a bit. Mm. Mm. So taking some time away, Lennon and Ono went back to the studio to record the Double Fantasy album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was said that Lennon was back to a, to a new phase in his life that he took some time away from recording. Obviously, he was dealing with all this political issue. He wasn't in the studio as much, um, but he, he took the time and him and Yoko released the Double Fantasy album, and that album would be his final album. Okay. On December 8th, 1980, Lennon spent the morning promoting Double Fantasy. Uh, first, he and Yoko had an appointment with Annie Libowitz, the famous photographer uh, who had decided to come get a picture of a Rolling Stone. Mm. After some debate, Lennon decided that he was going to post nude and that his wife would remain clothed. Leibowitz snapped the photo and we become probably one of the most famous photos of the couple mm. and one of the most famous photos in, yeah. in American yeah, history, honestly. Absolutely. Both Ono and Lennon were thrilled. A short while later, a crew from RKO Radio arrived at the Dakota to tape what would be Lennon's final interview. At one point during the conversation, Lennon mused about getting older. He said, quote, when we were kids, 30 was death, right? I'm 40 now, and I just feel, I feel better than before. I consider that my work won't be finished until I'm dead and buried, and I hope there's a long, long time. That was a good Lennon. Oh, that was good. That I felt was solid. I felt that good was solid. That and heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. Good God. When Lennon and Ono left the Dakota a few hours later, they briefly met a man outside seemingly wanting an autograph mm -hmm. his name mark david chapman chapman held a copy of double fantasy in his hands he silently held it out and lennon signed it chapman would recall years later quote he was very kind to me ironically very kind and very patient with me the limousine was waiting and he took his time with me and he got the pen going and he signed my album he asked me if i needed anything else i said no no sir and he walked away. Very cordial and decent man. Oh, that's chilling. But the 25-year-old who was living in Hawaii at the time had specifically flown to New York with one thought on his brain to murder John Lennon. I guess I only knew the bare bones of the fact that he was killed. I actually don't know much about the why at all. A lot of people don't know a lot about the why. I mean, and, and even like the, a lot of people don't even understand the who. Right, yeah. Chapman had developed a specific hatred toward Lennon. Um, and it started when Lennon infamously declared that his group, the Beatles, was, quote, more popular than Jesus, which is a quote that was completely taken out of context right. for years and, and really led to a, a turn for the Beatles. Mm -hmm. Right. So. 
they interviewed the Beatles and John said that they're more famous, they're more popular than Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he would famously go on to say that he didn't mean that they were better than Jesus or, or any, but they were just more famous than Jesus. At it's the a time. statement on popularity and, and famousness. And I don't know, it doesn't matter regardless. That's a stupid thing for people to get so mad about. Well, and that also led the Beatles to stop doing outdoor concerts and they right. stopped touring to begin with and they would just become a studio band and that would lead to uh, them just working in a studio, anger and everything popping up, right. the let it be, set, the, the get back sessions, all that which leads to their breakup. So like that is like a, such a point mm-hmm. in time that mattered more than people realize it matters yeah. in the in the evolution of the Beatles. Um, as time went on, Chapman began to see Lennon as a poser Chapman's wife, Gloria, is quoted by saying, quote, he was angry that Lennon would preach love and peace, but yet have millions. In the book, Let Me Take You Down, Inside the Mind of Mark David Chapman by Jack Jones, Chapman was quoted by saying, quote, he told us to imagine no possessions. And there he was with millions of dollars and yachts and farms and country estates laughing at people like me who had believed the lies and bought the records and built a big part of their lives around his music. In addition, he said, saying that he doesn't believe in Jesus and the things like that. At that point, my mind was going through a total blackness of anger and rage. So I brought the Lennon book home, which was John Lennon, One Day at a Time by Anthony Fawcett, which explored Lennon's life in New York. Mm -hmm. And then he dove into this catcher in the rye milieu where his Mm -hmm. mindset was holding Caulfield and anti-phoniness. Interesting. In fact, when police apprehended Chapman, he would have a copy of Catch on the Rye. Really? With him. Goodness. At ten fifty PM on December eighth, nineteen eighty, John Lennon and Yoko Ono returned home to the Dakota. Chapman later stated that, quote, John came out and he looked at me, and I think he recognized here is the fellow that I signed the album earlier, and he walked past me. As Lennon walked towards his home, Chapman fired his gun five times. And four of the bullets hit Lennon in the back. Lennon staggered into the building crying, I'm shot. Ono, who according to Chapman ducked for cover when she heard the shots, rushed to hold her husband after she realized he had been attacked. The Dakota doorman, Jose Perdermo, shouted at the assassin, Do you know what you've done? He replied back, I just shot John Lennon. Chapman would say, I stood there with the gun hanging limply down my right side. Jose the doorman came over and he's crying and grabbing and shaking my arm and he shook the gun right out of my hand, which was a very brave thing to do to an armed person. Yeah, really. And he kicked the gun across the pavement. Chapman stood patiently and waited to be arrested, reading The Catcher in the Rye, a novel that he was obsessed with. He would later be sentenced to 20 years to life for the murder of John Lennon. According to reports, John Lennon died almost instantly after Mm. being shot bleeding profusely and way too injured to wait for an ambulance. Lennon was placed in a police car and sped to Roosevelt Hospital, but it was too late. Lennon was pronounced dead on arrival at 11.07 p.m. on December 8th, 1980. Soon after, the news sparked and was caught on like wildfire. Mm -hmm. Stephen Lynn, the doctor who emerged to speak to the press, made the official declaration that Lennon was gone. Howard Cassell picked up the feed from WABC-TV News in New York and announced the shooting on Monday Night Football. Three seconds remaining. John Smith is on the line. And I don't care what's on the line, Howard. You have got to say what we know in the booth. 
Yes, we have to say it. Remember, this is just a football game. No matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City. The most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles. Shot twice in the back. Rushed to Roosevelt Hospital. Dead on arrival to go back to the game after that news flash which in duty found we had to take and with that John was dead that's incredible Chapman was arrested and yeah. um, the I, world was mourning a yeah. beetle yeah I remember um, during the March for Our Lives a few years ago um, Paul McCartney was asked why he was out there marching and he sort of looked at the reporter and was like well why wouldn't I be here my best friend best friend was killed by gun violence yeah um, it's so interesting i feel like this episode is such a weird episode in our catalog of episodes because like it's true crime obviously yes and we're going to some conspiracies in a little bit but um it's also this is like really like rich piece of american history where like yeah. this guy comes from across the sea and, and changes the game mm-hmm. and is and and is murdered is murdered for yeah. for x y and z reasons yeah no, it's incredible. Ugh. How tragic. So they get him, they throw him behind bars, and that was that. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the idea that he just stood there and was like, Yeah, I'm gonna get arrested. I'll just I'll just hang out here. And we're gonna get into that in, in, in a little bit oh. because that's attached to a lot of conspiracy theories. Oh. We're gonna take a break here. Okay. And when we come right. back, we're gonna hear more f- about Chapman. We're gonna hear more from Chapman. And uh, we're gonna dive into some really, really fucked up conspiracy theories can't wait of course you can't we'll be right back so you listen to our podcast which means you must love mysteries but how would you like to solve your very own mystery hunt a killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over the course of six episode boxes Each box is filled with different clues and physical items such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You'll use these clues to solve an ongoing murder mystery. Work solo or as a team of sleuths to finally crack the case and reveal the murderer. So do you think you have what it takes to hunt a killer? If so, head to www.huntakiller.com and use the code NY Mystery Machine for 20% off the first box. That's www.huntakiller.com and the code is NY Mystery Machine. Sign up now and begin the hunt. Bow, bow, bow. All right, we're back and John Lennon is dead. This episode's sort of personal for me because I love John Lennon. I love his work. Um, yeah. Since I was a kid, I used to, to always listen to John Lennon's music. In, like I, I remember I bought my mom for, <laughs> for some holiday or birthday um, a John Lennon, um, like a best of thing. And mm. it, re- it was really for me because my mom loved Paul <laughs> and I love John. And um, But, you know, it's so fun, interesting because as I grew into my own personhood mm-hmm. and realize my own like political activity and, mm-hmm. and, and where I lean in, in the left I see so much of uh, of of my political beliefs that 
you know aligned with what with John was with preaching mm-hmm. and so and and using art as a form mm. of, of a radical political um activity yeah um, i love that which i, I appreciate Chapman is behind bars, yeah. but even e- even years later, conspiracy theorists believe that Chapman didn't act alone. And here's the thing. Chapman has never, in all of his interviews, ever said that he acted alone or not acting alone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's always been just, yeah, I mean, I shot him. That's that. Yeah, I'm curious to know, did he enter a plea? Maybe we're getting to that. But, like, what was the plea? Was, was he just like, yep, guilty. I did it? It was guilty. Very much knew what he did. Interesting. Um... Felton Bressler, who's a, a journalist, uh, English journalist, would raise an idea that the CIA was involved in the murder of John Lennon. He published a book called Who Killed John Lennon in 1990. And the book, which is insane. There's one thing I've learned <laughs> is that the CIA history, period, insane. Um, the book is pretty insane. It's very depth. It, 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 yeah, it's very deep on the the um the old uh, the the conspiracy theories. <laughs> um, he, Bressler explains he believes that Chapman may have been brainwashed by the CIA as an assassin, such as a Manchurian Candidate. If you're familiar with the Manchurian Candidate. Um, it was a movie from the '60s. It's I got Gregory Peck. That's originally, all I care about. And Angela Lansbury, mm-hmm. uh, famously, and then they re. Did it in like the late nineties, I believe, with Denzel Washington. I oh, believe. interesting! I did not see that. Um, but basically, it's the belief that the CIA would brainwash and train um, soldiers or civilians into doing their bidding without their knowledge, and they would do it through conditioning, and um, they would send these mentoring candidates into the world. And when they called upon them, they knew the exact word or phrasing to trigger what mm-hmm. they needed them to do. And so, basically, super sci-fi, super like, you know, this. This idea of brainwash right. and like hypnotizing people and making them do what you want them to do. If you haven't listened to our episode on the murder of Frank Olson. Oh, that's a good episode. Go to ahead. Get catch you up that. a little bit. Yeah. Head on over to see the that was a few weeks back on the Frank Olson yeah. uh, murder. Um, so. Bressler wrote in his book, quote, the assassin was brainwashed. He was a brainwashed hitman carrying out someone else's contract. He is in many ways just as much a victim of those who wanted to kill John Lennon as John Lennon himself. Bressler recalls Chapman's words about the murder. Chapman would say, he walked past me and then I heard in my head, do it, do it, do it, over and over again. Hmm. I don't remember aiming. I must have done it, but I don't remember drawing a bead or whatever you call it. And I just pulled the trigger steady five times, end quote. Breslin continues that the assassin described this feeling at the time of shooting with no emotion, no anger, just dead silence in the brain. His unnatural tone sounded all too familiar for Breslin. Uh, Breslin said that prosecutors were at a loss for motive, so they opted for the cliche that the assassin just did it for attention. The troublesome American preoccupation with grabbing that elusive 15 minutes propels many a daily newspaper journalist come pop socialist into raptures of sanctimony. Yeah. But Arthur O'Connor, the detective who spent more time with the assassin immediately following the murder than anyone else did, saw it a different way. O'Connor would say, quote, it is definitely illogical to say that the assassin committed murder to make himself famous. He did not want to talk to the press from the very start. It's possible someone could have used him. Hmm. I saw him the night of the murder. I studied him intensely. 
He looked as if he could have been programmed. Weird. Yeah, they they which also continues and connects to that idea of him just standing there waiting to be picked right, up by the police. Right, which is a very very strange behavior, No, right? No panic, no anger, no emotion. Just right. standing there. Not even there. wanting to not like to get away, right? Like didn't try to flee. He right. patiently waited to be arrested. He knew his future. Right. More so in this book, Breslin continues to believe that after the Republicans lost the presidency, that the focus was off of Lenin. But with Carter soon leaving office, mm. becoming a lame duck because he had just he didn't win his reelection bid, that the refocus would be back to neutralizing future threats. Mm-hmm. We are in the Reagan administration, back to business of of kind of promoting the 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 new vision for America, this Republican conservative mm-hmm. um, greed is good philosophy. And they couldn't have people like John Lennon out and about doing things. He would say, quote, in every single major assassination, these black op conspirator killers have actually had the balls to blame it on some poor, deranged lone gunman. Hmm. They have had a patsy or a mind control Manchurian candidate fall guy for the last four assassinations. President John Fitzgerald Kennedy, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Senator Robert Francis Kennedy, and the founder and leader of the most influential musical group, The Beatles. The person who was his generations and many generations leader of peace and love, John Winston Lennon. Hmm. So Brezler concluded that the Lennon assassination, uh, in addition to to being similar to all of those other previous yeah. assassinations that were just, you know, a few decades earlier. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah it's not so distant in time. Yeah, we have King in the 60s. We have JK in the 60s. Mm-hmm. We have... Um, RFK not too not too soon after, not too yeah. soon before rather. Breslin would say that the similarities to the RFK assassination don't just end where he thinks they ended, just being similar. Okay. Saran Saran, who was the killer of RFK okay. and Mark David Chapman, just happened to have shared the same defense psychiatrist. Interesting. You know, after you get arrested for murder or assassination of that kind, you are assigned a psychiatrist to evaluate you. Mm -hmm. Dr. Bernard Diamond couldn't skirt the obvious fact that Saran was under hypnosis, so says Breslin. Um, Diamond wrote it off as self-hypnosis. He labeled John Lennon's assassin as a, quote, paranoid schizophrenic. The court disagreed. The assassin, even now, Chapman, uh, has never had more than a routine psychiatric care since entering his guilty plea. He was not sent to a mental hospital, but to Attica State Prison, and he was judged legally as rational. In another book, uh, this time in 2017, called Drugs as Weapons Against Us, author John Potash also claims Chapman was trained to kill by the CIA. Hmm. The U.S. agency, he claimed, wanted to stop the influential star from spreading radical leftist ideologies after a series of anti-war efforts and events and a benefit concert to free the imprisoned John Sinclair. Potter cited a bunch of the Breslin classified documents that he obtained while he was doing his book, um, documents from the FBI and the CIA that claimed Lennon was being tracked by the intelligence agencies all throughout the 70s into the 80s. I mean, what would have been the 80s right. if he had survived? Yeah, right. Both authors claimed the security services, being the CIA, mm-hmm. FBI, controlled Chapman through a series of drugs 
and hypnosis, and that he was in Chicago for three quote-unquote missing days before arriving in New York, suggesting that Mm. he was being trained to kill Lennon. Interesting. So he would leave Hawaii. Um, There is, uh, I continued reading, there was a bunch of evidence of his friends not knowing that he was going to be anywhere in Chicago. Okay. But evidence that he was in Chicago for these three days. Interesting. Before coming to New York. So would he have been intercepted at some point before his flying to Chicago by essentially by the CIA to yeah. be brought to Chicago Essent- for whatever this programming is. Essentially, yeah. The theory about it is that he would be, you know, ushered to Chicago mm-hmm. uh after being um being focused on yeah. someone who they can use. They can use and now they're gonna program him for this purpose. Yeah, I was watching this show because it doesn't end there. I'm glad that they brought up um, drugs Mm -hmm. because if you really want to get your tinfoil hat tightened. I'm ready. um, So there's a show called The Conspiracy Show with Richard Surrett. It's um, from 2014 and it's literally just a bunch of of wackadoos. (laughs) I can't see in their way. It's some some crazy (laughs) shit. And um, there was an episode about John Lennon's murder. Mm-hmm. I purchased the episode on Amazon Prime for $1.99. Ooh. Not the best spent $1.99. Um, and basically, in this theory, the the people who spoke, which they spoke to a bunch of people, like mm-hmm. four different other people, they believed that the Beatles themselves were a tool used by the CIA. That after the JFK murders, uh, after all of that, the the Beatles and Beatlemania and the British Invasion was used as a way to bring drugs over to America, like LSD, in order to subdue the minds of the youth and to create this, this stasis, this numbness. Uh, that'll be easy for them to not realize the things that were happening in order to manipulate them more. Yowza! That one was was deep. That's wild. And that um, Lenin mm-hmm. went rogue. Obviously. Uh huh. So the theory about oh, so in the theory in this theory, the Beatles are complicit, or just they were. Yeah, they don't really ever in some way. To and because be it's away. because it's like okay. cuckoo, right? They don't really explain if the Beatles were really complicit in it because right. they weren't. Right. Um <laughs> and in theory they make it as if the Beatles were 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 also being used. Mm-hmm. That everyone was being I used. See. And I there see. was a supreme master manipulator who was using the Beatles, using it all and and, and all happening. And then Lennon goes rogue, becomes mm-hmm. super political, while the other Beatles kinda didn't, right? Ringo, George, and Paul were not nearly as political. They they hated injustice. You know, Paul mm-hmm. famously wrote Blackbird in response mm-hmm. to to segregation mm-hmm. in racism in the South. Um but weren't as so overtly um leftist and political. And mm-hmm. so in this Lenin's time had come, it has it ran up and it was time to to get rid of the beetle who was who's um, no longer of of use. Fascinating. That's wild. There that's, are other yeah. That's something. There are other theories. Uh, in a 2004 book, Salvador uh, Struzia argued that forensic evidence pr- proves that Chapman did not commit the murder. All of his arguments are are BS though. Like you read the book and it's like that makes no sense. And the forensic 
there were eyewitnesses. The forensic evidence is actually there. Yeah. It was just reaching for straws. It's a really problematic book. Um, yeah. Uh, so they aren't really confirmed, and they're actually quite flimsy. In the yeah. 2010 documentary, The Day John Lennon Died, it suggested that Jose Padermo, the doorman at the Dakota, was actually a Cuban exile with links to the CIA and the Bay of Pigs invasion, and that he murdered Lennon. Instead and, of shaking the gun loose and kicking it across I see. the street. And, and Chapman was just there, Chapman ready was just to there. be the fall guy. Um, but it makes no sense because Chapman admitted to the murder. Right. <laughs> Many right. times. Unless that's part of the Mentorian candidate situation. But that would be putting a lot of yeah. theories together. Yeah. That would be assuming that they work together mm-hmm. yeah. in this program, but I don't think that's no, the No, no, I, I, I call BS. Um. And that's the end of the tale, right? John Lennon is dead. His murderer is still beyond, beyond, behind bars. Um, wow. Ono, with the help from New York City officials, would create a fitting tribute to her late husband. A few months after Lennon's death, uh, they named a small section of Central Park Strawberry mm-hmm. Fields after mm-hmm. the Beatles song. Uh, in the years since, it's become a memorial for him. Mm-hmm. Um, among the 2.5 acres of Strawberry Fields is a circular black and white marble mosaic impressed mm-hmm. with the words Imagine at its center, um, which is in tribute to the song Imagine. Yeah. As Iconic f- spot in New York City. Very. I mean, I've been to Strawberry Fields. Uh, I used to go there every October for Lennon's birthday, him and Sean's oh. birthday. I would go there every yeah. every year. And it's just joyous. Like It's yeah. just a lot of people... All around the Imagine signs, singing yeah. Lennon songs, singing Beatles songs, and it's um, it's a pilgrimage site in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I mean, it used to be really tough because cops would try to to bust people for for pot. Mm. Now I assume it's gonna be a little better now that pot's legal in New York. Right. Um, but that was also a, I literally saw so many people get arrested for God. for marijuana. It was really stupid. Yeah. Um, and I also used to go on December eighth as well to uh nice. to, but it used to get it started getting really cold, so I stopped going. <laughs> It wasn't always cold on December 8th. Well, yeah, but it was too cold for me. I'm too old for this Sounds shit. like Adam's just getting older and no longer likes to chill in his bones. As for Mark David Chapman, he remains behind bars to this day. His parole has been denied 11 times. Hmm. For every hearing, Yoko Ono has sent a personal letter urging the board to keep him in prison. Chapman previously claimed that he murdered Lennon for notoriety. In 2010, he said, quote, I felt that by killing John Lennon, I would become somebody. Instead of that, I became a murderer, and murderers are not somebodies. Mm. In 2014, he said, quote, I am sorry for being such an idiot and choosing the wrong way for glory, and that Jesus has forgiven me. He has since described his actions as premeditated, selfish, and evil. Wow. So that's the conspiracy behind who killed John. That's crazy. Chapman pulled the trigger, but whether other people involved, was he a patsy? Was I... the CIA that determined to get rid of him? You know, to believe that, you need to believe in the whole theory that that the Manchurian candidate is a real thing, right? right like that that's, it's viable. That that's a viable thing. See, the thing of it is, I <laughs> having done the Frank Olson episode, not to make another plug, but like having read that and and watched documentaries, like and all all that's come out about these these secret operations, like yeah, the CIA absolutely tests drugs on people without their knowledge, and this was a thing. But whether I believe it 
actually could work enough to make some like to truly wipe someone's mind enough to be like you're going to now go kill and this yeah. is your trigger. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if that's what happened. Yeah. I do think it's weird that he had shown no emotion, but I think that's on him, right? Like that's that may be a thing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, him saying that he doesn't really that he heard the voices in his head and then not getting a plea of insanity is kind of insane too. Yeah, yeah. To say that I heard voices in my head. Say do right. it, do it, do it now, and then. Well, that's such a failing of the legal system. Isn't yeah, it? right. To to judge him as a rational human being and not insane, based because like you seem perfectly normal now. Yeah, um, like that's I think right. Well, he's normal now, so maybe he he had an episode, but clearly he he's done a non guilty. He's yeah. done a guilty plea. He wants to go to jail. Fascinating. Yeah, this is a side that I I had I had no idea about these conspiracy theories. Yeah, I always knew that Lenin was under the the radar, um, and that people had talked about um, him being killed by this, you know, by mm-hmm. Chapman being a patsy. But I didn't realize that the depth of it. I didn't know it was a Manchurian thing until really researching. I, I got to learn some stuff about it uh, and really deep dive into some, some crazy literature. Um, and I've mentioned all those books in the episodes, and so they'll be in our big old bibliography that that Christina's putting together. But I mean, read them at your at your own discretion because <laughs> with a large, it's, it's insane. You know, pile of salt. At the same time, there are plenty of Lenin biographies that I do yeah. recommend. Um, I'll put those in some show notes. Um, I have just a whole catalog of, of mm. Lenin stuff that I've read. Um, and, you know, uh, we can't play his music on the episode because, you know, it's illegal <laughs> to play someone else's music. But I do, you know, I would recommend taking a listen to some yeah. of John's work. Famously imagined is so, so, yeah. so, so big. There are plenty of other um, Lenin songs that speak to the moment, speak to the movement. Mm-hmm. Power to the people is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that, that we, 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 we kind of go through even now when, mm-hmm. when our uh, political leaders are trying to take power away from people mm-hmm. and, and power the ballot. I always imagine, um, I always say, I remember saying, you know, a couple of years ago to someone, I, I just, I wish John was alive during this during this movement because he'd be so active. Yeah, and of course Yoko still lives at the Dakota Building. I've seen her many times around around both the park and the Dakota Building. Wow. She still just kind of comes and goes and you know does her thing and is in mourning. And the mantle of uh, of Lenin is really also taken up by his sons Sean yeah. and Julian, mm-hmm. who who um you know continue to speak their their his dad's their dad's uh, words of peace and love through music and art. And um, and that is that. What a tragedy! But what a fascinating, trippy, odd place it went. Um, yeah. Whew, thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, some of those on the the tinfoil hat scale would absolutely get a, a five out of five. I mean, there's a tinfoil suit. I believe we, <laughs> we made out of that. That whole Beatles were a, a tool to like subdue that's and, and numb America. Suit. That's tinfoil a sweet tinfoil. I never want to be like on the show. I never want to like you know th- make people sound crazy, but like that's crazy. Some... We have a very open mind on this show. We we are entertaining that he could have been a mentoring candidate, mm-hmm. but I will not entertain that <laughs> that the, the Beatles, whole of the Beatles that the Beatles were just you be, that 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 the English that the British invasion as a whole, not just the Beatles, but like every band, Stones, the Who. Um, the animals, they were all... That'd be some incredible mastermind. That they were right all used to subdue America yeah, into a that. false sense of... of uh, into, uh, yeah, it's crazy. 
Well, as always, um, if you're interested in, in learning more, you head on our socials. We post weekly about all our episodes, so be sure to 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 follow on the Instagram mm-hmm. and the Twitter and the Facebook. Yep. Um, Twitter at NY Mysteries and Facebook and Instagram at NY Mystery Machine and like, subscribe and follow on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're interested, if you like hearing about these stories, be sure to um, join us on our Patreon. Yeah. Where you can get some more stories. You get bonus stories. Bonus stories. And my favorite thing, which I we haven't gotten to do yet because we were, no one's no one subscribes to that level yet, you get the monthly playlist, music. And if you had the monthly playlist for December, you'd have some Beatles. <gasps> Damn. You'd have some, I'm putting it together regardless. It's going to be my, I, I was going to say, I want that. I think it's going to be my Christmas gift to the people. There you go. My Christmas and Hanukkah gift to, to the people will be our first playlist. And then you can listen to it. you be like, you know what? I want, the, I want this again. I'm going to, I'm going to donate to the, to the Mystery Machine and I'm going to become a patron. Do it. It'll, you, you, you'll be so happy you did. That's all I got. We'll be back next week with another. With another episode. wild ride. I do want to take a moment oh, before yeah. you finish to point you to another podcast. We've pointed to you there before. I'm going to yes. point you today. You should go listen to this past week, last Thursday's episode of Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Because you know what they're doing this week, Christina? They're, doing this week? they're talking about Paul is Dead. The, oh, the conspiracy the theory. Pendant, uh... <laughs> the conspiracy theory that Paul McCartney died in a car accident back in the 60s and replaced, was replaced by a lookalike. <sighs> Be sure to check out their episode, Carrie and Sean. They break it down. Ten out of ten, gonna listen. Carrie to is a huge Beatles fan. Grew up on the Beatles. Her dad, who who, who I've gotten a chance to, to get to know and chat with, is also a huge Beatles fan. And he's in. In fact, he's written uh, historical fiction about the Beatles. It's really, really fascinating. He's a brilliant author. Um, so uh, check out their episode. And uh, if you like their episode, you're gonna love what we have coming up in January Ooh. because we're gonna do a little bit of a collab with them. So be sure to to to, to listen to Sean and Carrie. Yeah. And scary. So it's ain't it scary with Sean and Carrie. Such a good name on the iTunes and on the Spotify. And um, yeah, it's a it's some good old stuff. Happy Beatles week. <laughs> Happy Beatles week. Uh, I've been Adam Mace. I've been Christina Marinelli. And take care of yourselves. Thanks for joining us on the New York Mystery Machine. It's Tammany Hall. Bye bye.